welcome to From Unkind, the podcast, a podcast by mums for mums. My name is Pamela and in each episode I sit down and chat to a mum about motherhood, the ups and downs and everything in between. Today's guest is a journalist and award-winning author of the Oh My God, What a Complete Ashton series and she's a mum to India, Esme and Felix. It's Sarah Breen. Hello Pamela. How thank you, you for having me. I'm very well, thank you. I'm very excited. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. So we're going to jump right into this. Okay, let's do it. Three babies. It's a lot, I know. <laughs> Three books. Yes, I know. Well, Someone apparently to ask you, which is your favourite? <laughs> um, I couldn't possibly say. Sophie's choice. <laughs> so there are three babies which lead to three births and your eldest India was born in Arizona. Yes, she was. I was living out there. My husband, then boyfriend, went out there on a three and a half year work assignment in 2010. Um, and I was just in a position, I had been the editor of Kiss magazine and I'd been there for six or seven years. And when he was offered this kind of placement, I was just in a position to up sticks and go. I'd kind of done everything there um, and I was looking for a change. So off we went. Um, and yes, that's where we got married and that's where I had India. And that was a very natural birth. So you did a lot of research. Yes, I, I had so much spare time there that I just read every single book. And I, I'd watched a couple of documentaries about the American maternity system. And they, there seems to be a lot of interventions. It's a very high cesarean section rate. And I was a fit and healthy, well, fit is a strong word, but I was a healthy 29 year old. Um, and I was assuming I was going to have a healthy pregnancy. So I said, why don't I just look into a more natural alternative? And there were a couple of birth centres there in Phoenix. And I went to see two of them. And the one I really liked was called the Baby Moon Inn. It's just basically like a little house, a little bungalow. And it was just lovely, beautifully decorated. It was run entirely by midwives. There were two rooms, the birthing suites, I guess. Um, They each had a bath in them, a lovely bed, nothing medical. There was no medical stuff everywhere. Now they had the stuff, but it was kind of hidden away. And it just seemed idyllic and way cheaper than a hospital birth there in the States because, you know, birth is like 40 grand. So I fell in love with the place when I saw it. So we signed up there and had a magical time. And then when you came back home, you had Felix and Esme. In the Rotunda. In the Rotunda. Yeah. And so gone from very natural to the medical side of things here. How did you find the change? You know, I didn't, I didn't really know what to expect. So after I had India, I had her in the birth centre and it all went great. She was a big baby, nine pounds, three ounces. And after she came out, I had a really bad hemorrhage. So I lost a lot of blood and they were like, okay, Sarah, we're going to have to transfer you to hospital. So I said, that's fine. You know, the baby's fine. I'm fine. I was in that kind of post-birth high, like there's no drugs or anything there. And, um, they, I said, just let me get dressed, whatever. And they're like, oh, no, we have to we had to call an ambulance. And then a fire engine came, <laughs> a fire engine and an ambulance. And I was like, this is a guy's I'm fine. I know I've lost a lot of blood, but I'm fine. Um, so I kind of saw the hospital side of things as well. Okay. They were great to me in the hospital. I stayed overnight. It was fine. I didn't have to have a blood transfusion. So then when I became pregnant with Esme here, there's obviously no birth centre option. I would have done it again if the option had been there. So the Rotunda would have been my local hospital. So the equivalent, I guess, as close as I could get was the community midwife-led domino scheme. So you do all your appointments in your local health centre. You only have to go into the hospital for, I think, scans and then at the very end. So I did go in for the tour of the hospital um, and I was <laughs> I was like, is, do, the, do, do they take your baby when it's born and like put it in a nursery? And like the midwife was like, it's not the 70s. <laughs> like I just had this kind of warped idea of a hospital birth. 
in the end, my birth with Esme was fantastic. The midwives, the nurses, everyone in the rotunda was amazing. I went, so it's public, so I didn't have a consultant yeah. or anything. But again, healthy pregnancy and the same with Felix. He was only born six and a half months ago. So it's very fresh in my mind. And again, just a fabulous experience. I loved it there. It was like being on holidays. <laughs> Even though because I was with the community midwives, I was out after 12 hours. Yeah. But I, my bed was beside a window. They were bringing food all the time. And the baby was like newborn, so he wasn't making a peep. Yeah. Um, it was beautiful. And then I had to go home back to my other children. Which like has to be like every child. And so every time you go home, there's another one at home. Yeah. To bring Felix home. It's not like you've got that first birth where it's just, mm-hmm. you know, the trivy. You've got... It's like, how is this person going to slot into our already yeah. chaotic life? But like the girls, my older girls were so excited about him coming. Like Esme, Esme was two when he arrived and she's always been really into babies. She's just a toddler who loves babies okay. and dolls. So she was so excited. And then my six year old, eh, she was grand with it. You know, there was no problems. Um, but it was really nice. Like we have the pictures of them first meeting him and like they're so special. Like it was very cute. I don't have any siblings, so I'm mad for the dynamic okay. between them all. Like it's just, <laughs> it's so chaotic in my house, but it's, it's nice. And you breastfed all three of them. I did. So in Baby Moon, you just, you know, I, I was into attachment parenting at that time as well. Like I did cloth nappies and all that kind of stuff. Again, a lot of spare time, lots of time in my hands. And the drying in Phoenix, was, it's the desert, it's second to none. Um, so yeah, I, there was never, I was never going to not breastfeed. I'd read all the books about it, but I had a really tough time. Again, Everyone who worked at Baby Moon was fantastic. I had lactation consultants coming at me. Like I'm talking two, three hours sitting down with me. It's not like the system here where you'd like, like beg to get seen. Yeah. Um, so she ended up, she had a tongue tie and she had to get two different procedures to release it. It was a whole hoo-ha. Um, so really rough start, but stuck with it. And I fed her until she was three, her third birthday. That's amazing. Yeah. So like, it's just the start of it. And you just think, oh my God, how is this ever going to get better? But within six weeks the blood had stopped and everything was fine and then the next two babies also tongue-tied but I was able to like diagnose them myself when yeah. they were one day old and got the appointment and uh, had all that fixed but yeah so like I'm still feeding Felix he's six and a half months old now the other two would never take a bottle so I was always very tethered whereas he will take a bottle I didn't do anything differently. He's just a better person than <laughs> the other two so that's been great like I'm quite busy with work at the moment there was a time uh, last year I was no it was when I was promoting my first book like my husband had to bring the baby to me in Today FM to to be fed yeah which was just extremely glamorous you know? <laughs> whereas now I can just leave some milk at home for Felix and you know he'll survive yeah. and are you so you're pumping and then yes I hate pumping so yeah, much it's the worst. oh it's like the worst it's so annoying and the sterilizing you see they didn't they don't yeah. sterilize at all in America but I'm doing at all it at all no they're just like, oh, wash the bottles and the pump parts with hot soapy water. Yeah, I think with breast milk, you don't have to. It's, yeah, it's more active what? using formula. It, you yeah, that's sterilize. what I thought. So why am yeah. I, like he was sucking on a feather the other day. That's, and I'm like, why am I sterilizing these things? Yeah. But still on I go. But oh, I might no. stop now that he's crawling and being just disgusting. But I really hate the pumping. And in my house, you know, there's just no privacy. <laughs> there's always somebody talking to me while I'm pumping. And it's like, please. And how long would it take you to get a feed? Um... Not long at all. I've oh, got a great okay. supply, like 10 minutes. Oh, that's okay. Less so you're not even. sitting there for half an hour? Trying, no, like, okay. no, I'd never. Somebody would die in that time in my house. <laughs> well, it would also be very hard unless you could actually move around the house. With yeah, and I can't. Three smallies. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I'm not going to invest in any more materials because I'm not having any more kids. And I don't, yeah, I know you can get things to strap the pump onto you or whatever. Yeah. But, 
my time is drawing to an end. <laughs> With the tongue tie, it's something that I, like Alice actually had a tongue tie and I was talking to Ben about it this morning. I was like, oh, my God, this time last year we were actually in like in that crux of getting the tongue tie released and ended up going from Kerry up to Clonmel. Wow. To get it released. There's a guy just around the corner from where we're sitting right now. Oh, you're so lucky. Camden Medical Centre. Yeah. And I was able to get, with Felix, I diagnosed it myself straight away and was able to get a next day appointment. Like it was amazing. So with with India, because she had to get two procedures and it was a whole big hoo-ha over in Phoenix, it was weeks and weeks of pain. And that was very hard to face into. But I knew yeah. with him, you know, it's only going to be a couple of days and it it... it becomes very easy very quickly. Yeah. But it's hard, that pain at the start when they're talking to oh, Jesus. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. So was it a kind of like a front tongue tie? Posterior, anterior. Um, I think India had both. Um, and with the other two, because the doctor, it was the same doctor who did Esme and Felix when I brought Felix in. He was like, did I not see you quite recently? <laughs> I thought it was two years ago, but hello. <laughs> um, and he said it was like out of you know, 10 being the worst, it was like, they were both like 8 out of 10. So pretty bad. Pretty bad. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things I feel like for a country that's promoting breastfeeding. Mm. And in theory, we're very much promoting it. But then there's so many mums you Oh, talk the support to. is just not there. It's like, as I said, I fed my first child until she was three years old in the hospital when I had Esme. I was very vulnerable and I just wasn't confident. And I said, can I have a lactation consultant just to come in and reassure me, make sure that I'm latching, you know, there's a big difference between feeding a newborn and feeding a toddler. Yeah. And they were like, oh, you breastfeed your, you breastfeed your other kids, you can't get one. You know, that you're not, you're so low on the list. And the same with Felix. Um, once they heard that I'd breastfeed my other kids, they were like, mm, you know, you don't get to see someone. And, you know, and I am a confident breastfeeder, but I was still, I still felt like, oh, you know, you have, you're so vulnerable after you've had a baby, you know, Absolutely. you're so sensitive to everything and, oh, am I doing this right? I can't remember. So I do think that the first, women who want to breastfeed should be supported and women who don't want to breastfeed should be left alone. Yeah. You know, you're given the information, it's your choice. But I think that if you want, if you want women to breastfeed, you have to get them support in the moment. Yeah. And that, that just involves having professional lactation consultants not overrun nurses or midwives who don't have the training yeah like because you want the up-to-date training specific skill oh hell yes and even to get that diagnosis if you know if you had an experience of tongue tie to actually diagnose tongue tie is it's someone especially trained so it's yeah yeah it's it, it's very it's very i find it very frustrating because I, I just feel like we're we're putting pressure on mums to breastfeed but yet at their most vulnerable time we're letting them down Yes, exactly. And it can be so lonely. The scariest time when you're feeding a baby is in the middle of the night when you're by yourself. And if you're if the baby's only a couple of days old, you start panicking, going, is the baby getting enough milk, blah, blah, all this stuff. And it's a very lonely time and people can then push formula on you. And it just seems like, okay, maybe this is the the easiest thing. In America, they push it much more. Not a baby man in where I was, but my friend worked in like a gynecologist's office and she was like, oh, I'll just drop you over some formula samples. Like they're just the formula companies just are everywhere. Yeah. And I was like, okay, thanks. I'll Just in case. Thankfully, I didn't need to use them in the end because, you know, we were fine. But yeah, you have to be really committed, I think. Really committed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we treat them in the house. How much sleep are you getting, Sarah? Oh, at the moment, sleep is just a fond memory. Just Felix is teething. Now, he has two teeth up, so at least we have something to show for it. Yeah. Um, but he, at the moment, he's just, I feel like he's awake all night. 
and he's in the bed with us and then the toddler comes in and she is like a bull in a china shop and she gets excited when she sees he's in the bed as well and she wants to wake him up but it's 4 a.m. Um, so yeah, no, sleep is sleep. Sleep will come back, I'm sure, at some point, but not at the moment. It's not happening. <laughs> and India is obviously, so she's in school, so she's in her she, own routine. She is. She sleeps through the night. Yeah. Um, but she can be hard to get out of bed in the morning. And she's she's she finds it hard to go asleep at night. Okay. She just I don't know she just wants to talk and delay things constantly, um. So there's just ongoing battles every aspect of. And outside of teething, then with Felix, like is he a baby that sleeps or is he just a light? He sleeper? is. He's very easygoing. Like he just, Andy never slept. He will have. With the right conditions, he will have like a three hour nap in the afternoon. But of course, then I have to wake him up because we have to do the school run or somebody yeah. needs to be vaccinated or, you know, whatever. Um, but he'll sleep on the go in the buggy. He had been really good until the teeth. I'm blaming the teeth. Yeah. It could be something else. There's so many developmental leaps happening around this mm-hmm. time. And we've started on solids as well. So he's probably, you know, yeah. processing all that. Sometimes I hear his tummy gurgling and then he'll cry in his sleep. And so, you know, if only they could tell us. I know. Speak to me, Felix. What yeah. is wrong? Why are you crying? Why are you crying? <laughs> <laughs> You've just published your third book. You're writing the fourth well, now, ideally we would have started. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, we'll get to it. With other things. We're promoting the third book at the moment and then we have the next draft of the screenplay due in at the end of October. So that's this uh, film adaptation of our first book, Oh My God, What a Complete Ashling. So, but we are going to start, this famous last words, we are going to start the fourth book definitely before Christmas because we have a history of leaving things <laughs> until after Christmas. And then I say, have a baby in February, but then the book needs to be in at the end of April. So you can imagine the stress. <laughs> but anyway, no more babies. Because you are an author, like, in my head, like I go to work, so I have to, I'm, I'm digitally, you know, have to be at my desk at a certain time and I leave my desk at a certain time. Mm-hmm. But as an author and as a mum, how do you find the balance between getting your books and your screenplays done? And well, it doesn't feel very balanced. So at the moment, I don't have any childcare. So I am okay. with the kids all day and then I work when they go to sleep. Now, I'll sleep at some point in the future, but at the moment, yeah, that's when I get my work done. And I can't, like, I can answer emails during the day or I can take calls during the day, but I can't, you can't write a novel with a baby yeah. and a two-year-old hanging out of you. It's just impossible. But after Christmas now, I will, we had a childminder before I had Felix. So after Christmas, we'll get a childminder back again. And that will, I mean, the idea that I can just leave the house drop into school and then go and do work in the daytime like a normal person it's just it's so luxurious to me normally I'm like a vampire like at 2am typing into the night so after Christmas it's all gonna come together I can just feel it and then the sleep will come back and then it'll be like okay this is balance (laughs) and then maybe another pitter patter oh god over my dead body (laughs) okay so you're with the kids all day Mm. you're writing at night Mm -hmm. and what does Sarah do for Sarah Oh God, I mean, you just I just don't really get a minute. I like to get a pedicure the odd time. I have a horrific feet. So they'll go and spend, it's a good hour and 20 minutes they need to work on me to get rid of all the, the bits um, and do my nails nicely. So that's something I do. Um, I like, my favourite thing is to get a takeaway at the weekend and have a glass of that Dada Merlot. Yeah. Oh, it's my favourite wine. <laughs> and 
watch like a rerun of something that I know will please me. Mm-hmm. I just don't have time to take risks on new things. Yeah. I just want to watch the Gavin and Stacey Christmas special <laughs> every weekend. Um, and yes. And knowing that my kids are upstairs, tucked up in bed asleep, that is when I'm at my happiest and I'm in the house. So every, I know everyone's fine. Um, so like I will invite my friends over for dinner and I just feel like I'm pulling the wood over everyone's eyes because I get to like have my friends and have dinner and drinks. But my kids are also in the house and I know they're OK. Yeah. Because that's just when I'm at my happiest, I think. It's a socialising, relaxing, but it's also in the comfort of your own home. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can get that. Because I just don't really go out anymore unless it's an occasion or yeah. it's a work thing. Like I'll, if it's someone's birthday, absolutely. We're celebrating whatever anybody wants to do. But. I never go out for just the sake of it anymore or like we've never gotten a babysitter or anything like we have. Yeah, I was just about to ask you that because you're from Carlo. Yes. So, and you, where's your, your husband? He's from, from Dublin. Oh, he's, okay, so. He's south side and we live on the north side. Okay. So we are very lucky with grandparents, grandparents all over us loving the babysitting but we would never, we would never ask a grandparent to babysit while we went to the cinema or out for dinner or something. It just wouldn't be a big enough deal. Yeah. Um, but if we have to go to a wedding, the grandparents drafted in, love it. When I have to work, the grandparents are drafted in again. My father-in-law is retired and so is my mother. So between the two of them, they're so good to us. But yeah, we, at the expense of it as well, you know, ideally you'd have a teen, a local teen. Yeah. I used to be that local teen at home, but it adds such a cost onto your night. It's hard to justify it. And Felix is quite small. He is, yeah. To be kind of saying, for me, you know, I like, poor Alice is stuck with myself and Ben uh, nobody's <laughs> ever minded her past six o'clock so um, yeah I'd be very slow too yeah I mean, we've got we've gone to we had a wedding at the weekend and I was it was down at home in Carlo I was going to stay overnight but I just he only wants me in the middle of the night so we spent 200 euros on a taxi after the wedding to go back to Dublin but we would have stayed we were if there had been a room in the hotel we would have stayed in the hotel so that's yeah. how I was able to justify it and then I was able to go home and get to my pump <laughs> as yes. quickly as possible and then uh, he had me during the night so yeah it was kind of the best of both worlds and I think there is something in that and that I don't know I, I felt very pressured at the start to be like look at me I'm outside the house yeah I'm doing stuff I've got this all together and actually now I look back at it and I was like, why did I not just stay in my PJs longer? And who right. like the idea that mothers who've had babies are very keen to get away from their babies. I don't buy that at all. I, when Indy was born, it, I think it decreases, you know, the more kids you have. <laughs> but when Indy was born, oh, I look back now and I just I was very anxious anytime I was away from her. Yeah. Like I would go to the mall and get so overwhelmed by the size of Forever 21, I'd start crying and just have to come home. And But like she would be fine. Yeah. But I think that that was because she was breastfed and wouldn't take a bottle as well. So yeah. in the back of my mind, it was always like, well, what if I have a car crash? Then, you know, yeah. she will die because she won't. There's no other food for her. So it's just easier if I'm with her. But uh, that's probably not the healthiest spiral. But it is. It, but it's it's real. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's definitely. Um, I suppose there is an expectation or you know, kind of, I just, I just remember seeing or you see kind of like that, you know, the unicorn moms of Instagram and you're kind of like, maybe that's what I should be doing. And yeah. that's, you can get totally swallowed up in that. Yeah, I think you have to trust, trust your own instincts, do yeah. what you're comfortable doing. And if that means being with your baby all the time, fine. If yeah. that means leaving your baby, also fine. But, you know, sometimes just a long shower is, oh, is yeah. the trick. You know, just that those 15, 20 minutes away from the baby to collect your thoughts and then it's like you know absence makes the heart grow fonder 
but you haven't actually, you know, pushed yourself too far out of your comfort zone. I love a long shower. Sorry, the you, planet. <laughs> I know. Oh, I'm I'm actually I'm slightly famous for my like all my friends will know that if I come and stay in their house. Get the immersion like, on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have this special boiler that means oh god, I can't remember the name of it. But it means we have just unlimited hot water. It's yeah. amazing. So like we have electric showers, so it's fine. Yeah. But you know, you, you do go to houses and it's such a kind of, I actually, it, I get such a kind of like, oh God, but I don't know how to take a quick shower. Yeah. It's impossible. And you can feel me. the water getting colder and colder. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> and do you get to have a hot shower with three kids or do you get to have a shower on your own with three kids? Oh, privacy. No, we have one bathroom. Okay. <laughs> so like I'll just be in the shower and people just come in, go about their business, brush, walk in and out. They just, there's no respect. But I feel weird and gross if I don't have a shower. I, yeah. Like I know people don't wash their hair for days. I could not do that. I, my head just feels weird. Yeah. So I will get up like my husband goes to work quite early in the morning, but I will also get up that little bit earlier just to have my shower. I think it just it, it sets me up for the day. Oh, finally. Kindred someone. spirits. Kindred spirits. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Because even at the weekends and, and Ben will get like, I could potentially have a slight lie in with Alice, but I'm like, Oh, lie-in versus having a shower. Yeah. And I'll always choose the shower. Because, Me too. Yeah, I just, can't, I actually can't function without without a shower. And even in the very early days with Alice, um, it'd be like, could someone just come over and just mind her while I have a, yeah. quick, a quick 20 minute shower? <laughs> <laughs> it's the little things. It, yeah, it always sets me up and I always feel like I can, that 20 minutes is the, the time... Till I almost spend like just collecting my thoughts mm-hmm. and then I'm like, I'm good to go for the day. Yeah. But don't rush me in the morning. No. That's one thing I can't. I'd be If I'm rushed in the morning, I'm frazzled for the day. Yeah. No, I'm, our mornings tend to be quite rushed because we're trying to get out the door to school. Yeah. At the moment, we are missing a pair of shoes. <laughs> and I mean, my kids only have, you know, sandals in the summer and then you have your shoes and we're missing India school runners. I don't know where they are. It was chaos this morning, but um, I just had to go to work so for the first time since Felix was born my husband stayed home and I went to work and it was amazing because you know if a grandparent is looking after them there's yeah. a lot of instructions I'm a bit anxious I'm texting is everything okay blah blah and telling them where this you need to be here at this time blah blah but with him it's just like it's fine he knows the routine they're fine it must be how he feels every day when he yeah. goes to work he doesn't have to think about them again yeah nice <laughs> sign me up for a bit of that sign me up for a stay at home dad that'd be perfect <laughs> it is because you do even during the day uh, like Alice is with my mum and dad um, but often I'd ring at lunchtime just kind of go check in how's she doing yeah has she eaten what, what is she eating what, what's on the floor <laughs> what, what lovely item have I made I made lovely um, banana bread I was really delighted with myself I'd seen lovely. I think it was Clean O'Connor had shared a recipe and I was like I'm going to give that a go it was one of the mummy cooks one so made it and I was like chuffed you know because the bananas were going off so I felt, I oh, felt really you like you used them up yeah. you're oh brilliant it was divine so I was 100 mammy points for you yeah exactly <laughs> she didn't even taste it she smelled it given a nice touch and then flung it over her shoulder God. which is her new thing it's over the shoulder I admire the sass I have to say yeah there's something quite flamboyant <laughs> about that but I mean it, it, after the you bake the banana I hate baking well that must have been hard Pam <laughs> a lot of it's like it's it, and I, I've continually given it to her to say like it's you're meant to try them 40 times or something oh, aren't you? Well, it's cake think... though come on <laughs> Alice know. get it into you like just taste it <laughs> it's delicious she's, she's the most cautious being I'm like we've never given her anything awful yeah but yet her trust in us 
to give her something awful is is worrying. Oh, she seems suspicious. I like it. <laughs> so she kind of yeah, that didn't even get to her lips. She kind of just suspected. She's not mad and freed, so maybe she just felt no. she knew the bananas. She felt the bananas were in there. Wow! I was going to put chocolate bits in, but I didn't think that was great. So well, I think you learned your lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Next time, put the chocolate in. And now. The Sarah that we have today mm-hmm. and the Sarah that left Ireland when she went to Arizona, the pre-baby Sarah, has motherhood changed you in that space of time? I don't think it really has. I know some people talk about losing their identity. Um, maybe maybe shortly after India was born, I was a bit all over the place um, and I was very focused on what kind of parent am I? You know, how do I do things as properly as I can. But I think the more kids you have, the less focused you are on that stuff. Yeah. And I do feel like I am the same person. I enjoy the same things. I hate the same things. Yeah. Now, I like to think I am. Yeah. I, maybe I need a, another person's perspective on this. No, I but, am. I am. But like, you wouldn't have been someone who was kind of mad going out in the toilets every weekend. Well, I mean, I enjoyed going out. Um, But... That wasn't my personality. Yeah. It was just, I guess, being sociable. Yeah. And I think I'm still sociable. Maybe I don't get to see people as often as I I would like, but I'm always on my WhatsApp. It's just to say the WhatsApp is like the same yeah. grace for every moment. So we can it? sit on the couch and like none of my friends have kids. None of my close friends have kids. Okay. So they will often, there's, there's, there's been things I've had to miss or there's things that, you know, I just don't get to go to. Like they all went on holidays together this summer, which was, I was happy for them. But were you? Know, oh God! And then the, they were like, I was like, oh, I would love to go. And they were like, next year, next year. It's like, well, they're still going to exist next year, you know? Okay, Felix <laughs> is six months old now, but I'm still not going to be able to go away for a week. Like that's just never going to happen. Um, but yeah, no, the WhatsApp is is kind of how I socialize. Yeah. When I can't see my friends, it's great technology bringing people together. And do you have a, a circle of mums that you have, or are you? No, not no. really. Only one of my close friends has kids. And because of life, we don't get to see each other very often. But like none of my best friends do. Yeah. I was at a wedding um, a couple of months ago with some of the girls I was in America with. And a few of those have kids. And it was actually really nice to like sit at a table and be like chatting about school and Montessori and who's eating what and who's rejecting whose banana bread. <laughs> I never get to do that. So that was interesting. Um Maybe, yeah, maybe I need to join some groups or something. Oh, I don't have time for it. What am I talking about? <laughs> Any spare time I'm just going to use for sleep. Sleep and writing. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. My work. Yes, yes. My art. <laughs> well, I'm really looking forward to number three, um, which I'm going to start tomorrow morning when I'm starting my holidays. And number four, like I'm wondering, is there and now maybe it's in this book. Who knows? Who knows? It's Who all knows? ahead of you. Once, when twice, when will Ashling become a mum or will she become a mum? Will she become a mum? In this book, the very start of this book, she finds an old diary um, from her teenage years. This is like in the first page or whatever, so it's not okay. a spoiler. And she had written 30 things to do before I'm 30. And the very final thing was to marry Shane Filan or get married, preferably to Shane Filan. So in this book, she's coming up to 30 and, you know, obviously that hasn't happened. So I think... I think Ashling would definitely like, I think she saw herself by now, maybe to be yeah. married, have kids. It just hasn't happened. Um, 
Uh, will it happen? I don't know. We kind of have an overall arc of what's going to happen. So there's going to be five books in total. Okay. So I can't give too much so away. So we're in the... This is the third the book. middle, kind of. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're capping it at five books. She would be a great mother, obviously. Oh, she'd be amazing. She's She knows her stuff, doesn't she? <laughs> um, but she, yeah, She's no. down with the rules, the mummy rules of yeah. no turn off the immersion. Absolutely. And I think she, she'd be one of those, you know... Gina Ford types she'd follow she'd like a routine and a schedule because everyone's like is the baby in a routine yet is the baby in a routine yet public health nurse is like is the baby in a routine yet um, and yeah I think she'd like to get the praise from the public health nurse yes, get the routine would. going get everything done just so she'd have all the books read definitely yeah yeah she'd know she'd have a list of baby names oh yeah all you of them great. Irish fathers <laughs> <laughs> everywhere consonants you have great baby names uh, thanks how did you come up with the tree then? I, I always liked the name India. Um, and then when I was pregnant with her, I was sure it was going to be a boy. And then it wasn't. So, yeah, we just went with India. I was able to own, liked it. And then Esme, I used to, I was working in an office at the time when I was pregnant with her. And my colleague was just always on the phone to her sister Esme. So after a while, I was like, OK, the baby will be called Esme. <laughs> and she turned out to be a girl. And then with Felix, I can't remember where we got that name. But ever since, ever since um, he was born, loads of people have come out of the woodwork and have been like, oh, my granddad's name was Felix. The woman I went, met in Marks and Spencer was telling me that. It's a very common name up uh, around Monaghan, I think. Really? And then when I was at home, one of my neighbours down in Carlo said, oh, the man who used to live in the house next door to your family's house was called Felix Knipe. And I was like, oh, that's a cool name. So maybe it was always meant to be. Because it's quite a hard thing, um... Or is it, it's hard the right word. It's kind of one of those things that you can get caught up in trying to pick a, a, a name. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's kind of like, what 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 kind of names am I going for? You know, what do I want, what do I want people to think when they hear these names? I'm screaming them across the, the school. But, you know, there's so many names. Anything goes nowadays. Yeah. There's people called Spoon or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just you could hear anything around where I live. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. Individuality. So you've said throughout that you are definitely finished. So number three is your magic number. Oh God, yes. I mean, our house is bursting at the seams. As I said, we only have the one bathroom. Now we are putting in a downstairs loo. But yeah, no, three is the magic number. I think they have a great dynamic. Mm -hmm. I think the five of us, you know, we fit around the kitchen table. Um, as I said, I didn't have siblings growing up. So I think, I think anymore and I would be overwhelmed. Yeah. <laughs> um. And there's always our houses. We've got like a noisy house. There's always something going on, which I really enjoy because I didn't have that. Three is the magic number for me. Anyway, I've given away all my stuff. Um, as soon as Felix outgrows something, I'm just it's gone straight away. I just because it's so hard to see. We're we're crammed full of stuff. Like I have a playroom so full of toys. Yeah. And because they're all at different stages, I cannot give away things. Yeah. So now he stopped looking at you know those black and white board books. Yes. So they're gone. But like there's very few things I can get rid of. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I want to downsize all that clutter. Yeah, that's quite a lot. Actually, um, I don't know if you follow her, Emma O'Leary, Life with Tiny Humans. No. Has three boys. And she had her mum down this week and she has done some amount of decluttering. Really? It's, I can only imagine the clothes. There's the clothes. the clothes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's brilliant to get hand-me-downs from other people as well. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes people give me things for like, you know, it's very far in the future, but we don't have the space to store them. Yeah. So as soon as mine outgrow things, it's just, they're gone. Um, I don't follow a lot of Instagram 
mams because I feel I can't help but compare myself to them. And yeah. like I know some people feel that about like fashion or beauty or whatever, but I'm just like, I always feel like I'm never doing enough. You know, I just feel like the moms of Instagram, the kids are wearing the nice clothes, everyone's so clean. Um, and they're always doing the days out. And while I do, it is, you know, I get, there's a lot of information out there about, you know, places you can go or whatever. I do feel very inferior. So I try not to, I try not to look at too much mom content. Mm. I actually deleted my, my Instagram when I went on holidays for a week and it was nice. I know. Yeah. And that you, we were messaging during the week and I was talking about reading the book on my, on holidays and you were like, delete Instagram. You will gain so much more time. Absolutely. That's what I did only for a week. And I have like a Kindle paperwhite yeah. and it, they're, they're so light. And I would always, when I'm feeding Felix, I just pick up my phone automatically. Yeah. Then he's going to sleep in my arm. And I find myself scrolling through Instagram for like 20 minutes. That's oh. such a waste of time. Yeah. On holidays in one week, I read two books. That is unheard of for me. Because instead of picking up my phone and looking at Instagram, I picked up my Kindle and just read. So it's hard. I mean, you have the paper version I, of the yeah. book. It's just very noisy. Like, you know, <laughs> if there's a sleeping baby in the room, you're like, that's why I like the Kindle because it's backlit as well. And I was thinking about that today, actually. I was like, a Kindle. Okay, Books are so good. impractical. Get yeah, rid of them. But, they, it's so, <laughs> but that's why you end up with the phone in your hand. Yes. Because you can do so much shopping online, yes. you know, texting, Socialising with your so, friends. Yeah, in that one hand while yeah. the other hand is propping the baby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. that The Kindle is a one-handed device, I yeah. have to say. They're so light. The and lure, the lure of the phone, my it's God. Kind of, yeah, and it's more productive and you're not consuming an media that maybe you shouldn't be consuming or not the volume that we're consuming of it. Mm -hmm. So that is... I'm kind, of, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of trying to park it in my head to go, okay, Pamela, for Christmas, this is something you should be getting because I love reading, but yeah... Even, you know, at night time when you want to go to bed and you're like, but I can't read in bed because the lights are all off. And The, the backlit paperwhite Kindle, yeah. I definitely recommend it. And yeah, that's another reason why you pick up your phone in the middle of the night because you can see it. You can see it, exactly. And then it gives you that, that, um, that, that rundown of how much you've used it during the oh. day or during the week. Oh my God, how attacked do you feel? Like, what? I did not. <laughs> um, that's, yeah. I, I, I actually don't look at that because I just feel... Awful. But then I know that motherhood can be quite lonely for people yeah. and your phone allows you to connect with other mothers. When So India's coming up, to, she'll be seven next year. So she, you know, it was Facebook groups when she was very small and I found them super helpful. Like, because I did cloth nappies and there's like this big community and, you know, the various breastfeeding fit Facebook groups, I know they can be terrifying as well. You know, there's, they can be very dramatic in there. But if you need, I remember we were somewhere we were home from America for Christmas and we were in Wexford with friends. The one friend I have that has a baby. <laughs> um, and I got some, my, my asthma started to flare up and I was trying to figure out if my inhaler was okay oh, when I was yeah. breastfeeding. And I was like, these mams, these breastfeeding Facebook mams, they'll know. And yeah. um, because the chemist was closed and there was no doctor available because it was around New Year's. And yeah, they had my back immediately. They were like, go for it. As much Ventolin as you like. <laughs> <laughs> That's the the one I um still in is the it's the extended breastfeeding in Ireland I think isn't it Yeah yeah they are a wealth of knowledge Yes yeah. as a community they're uh, they're Now amazing. I know you're actually not supposed to ask for medical advice in there anymore Yeah but they can give you isn't there like a I I remember having it on my phone for something I remember trying to take cough medicine and thinking can I, can I not? Or what can Ugh, I take? They won't give you anything. There's like a PDF that they have that's a yes. doctor has created and approved. Yeah, that they share. Um, 
And there's some lovely, there's New Mammies of Ireland as well. I think that's that Facebook group. And that's a really, it's one of those ones actually I was reading and I was making mental notes. Someone had asked like, oh, I'm going on holidays, any tips? Yes. And, I, and they were like, about, bring your nappies because they're really expensive in Spain. I was like, okay, mental note, do that. You know, all these things that yeah. you kind of don't even think yeah. about. And if you, especially if you don't have mom friends. You know, back in yeah. the day it was like, it takes a village, but you, your village ne- doesn't necessarily have the most up-to-date information or... You know, if you rely on, you know, a mother or mother-in-law, whatever, they, there was no car seats back in the day. You know, they yeah, don't have exactly. the, the recent info. Yeah. So, yeah. They or if you're the helpful. first of the group to go away. So you're like the guinea pig. To yeah. <laughs> send Tell us how you got on. <laughs> oh, God. I will report back on how we get on. Um, <laughs> so it's that time. Mm-hmm. I have to ask you three questions. Sarah. Yes. So what would you tell your pregnant self? I would tell my pregnant self to milk it. The reason being, when I, my first pregnancy, I felt completely fine for my whole pregnancy. I felt I was, I felt like I could run a marathon. I did Pilates every, I know, every three times a week or four times sometimes. This was in America. Everything was super cheap. Yeah. Um, And anytime people were like, oh, do you want to sit down? Can I carry this for you? I was like, no, 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 it's totally fine. Why didn't I just say yes? Why didn't I just sit down and take the seat? Because that's it. That that Now I'm slave to other people. Mm-hmm. You'll never get a chance to be minded and looked after because even in subsequent pregnancies, you have a kid to look after. Yeah. And nobody cares about you. So I would go back and say, milk it. Get the foot massages. Do, you know, everything. Anytime anybody wants to help you, let you lie down, take, take all the opportunities. Say yes to everything. The princess pregnancy. Yeah. I, I shot myself in the foot by being too grand. <laughs> but do you not think, as Ashlings, that that is inherently women? Yes. I'm grand, I'm grand, I'm, I'm grand, fine. I'm fine. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but we need to just allow ourselves to be minded a little bit, I think. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't hurt. I rem- it reminds me of a comment that was made. We were leaving the hospital with Alice and um, there was a not so friendly nurse doing looking after our discharge and Ben said something about looking after me uh, I'm taking home to look after her and the nurse turned to him and said she's not sick she's just had a baby and Ben was just looked at her horrified going but that's my wife you're yeah. talking about with our newborn baby the things I've seen the things <laughs> that's ha- that have happened to her in the past 24 hours and yeah no you absolutely need to be minded when you've had a baby like it's yeah and the public health nurse that was visiting me with Felix a few months ago was like you can't just sit down on the couch you have to put your feet up if your feet are still on the ground you're going to see something that needs to be picked up a toddler's going to come and want you to do something put your feet up and that means you just cannot move and that's another good thing about breastfeeding you can use that as a great excuse to be sitting at all times yeah and you can't get something or you can't move sorry I'm feeding the baby I can't do anything I can't make dinner today (laughs) Um, what one product that you can't live without? Well, I went for, um, be like Desert Island Discs. I went for a person for this. Okay. And I chose my best friend and collaborator, Emer McLeisett. I wouldn't be able to live without her because I wouldn't have my career. Um, we wouldn't have Ashling. Um, I wouldn't have a job. So I couldn't live without her. And she makes me laugh every day as well, which I think you need when you're surrounded yes. by kids. Because if you don't laugh, you'll just cry. <laughs> so, yes. She's my product. 
She's your product. Yeah, I don't know if she'd like to be called a product, but she'll just have to accept it. I think she would. I shouldn't mind. She's very easygoing. She is very easygoing. Yeah. I enjoy Emer. Yeah, and she's very good on her Instagram. She's she going to follow anyone. Emer the Screamer. Emer the Screamer. Yeah. yeah, she doesn't have any kids, but she's got one absolutely stunning cat called yes. Pip. I'm not a cat person, but Pip is, she's a rare beauty. I, I am. A, I'm a bizarre cat person. <laughs> um, so I totally appreciate that. You that's, love it. That that's her, her, her little family. Mm-hmm. And what has been your magic moment? My magic moment um, was the day I was able to give up my job and become self-employed, which has allowed me to change my lifestyle completely and to be very, very flexible and to spend more time with my kids. So previously I was working full time job, long hours, only seeing my daughter, you know, for a half an hour before bedtime, which is what so many mothers do. Um, mm-hmm. And everyone knows it's really hard and very stressful. And then I was able to give up my job. And when pre-Felix, when I had childcare, I was working four mornings a week. So I had the afternoons and I had Friday with the kids. And that's just a complete game changer. I pinched myself every day. I'm not saying it's easy. It's much easier to sit in a cafe and write a book than mm-hmm. it is to deal with three kids. But just the time the time to spend with them um, and to make dinner in, you know, relaxing way and just to be there, to be present and to be able to pick up from school and to be able to bring people to the doctor when they need it and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, my magic moment is the thing that allowed me to do that. And I'm so lucky that I'm so supported in what I do. Like Emer will be very flexible with me. As I said, I work at night time. Yeah. So she'll come to my house after my kids are going to sleep and we'll have meetings. Like I've had all our editors from Gail come to my house after when my baby's like two weeks old. I'll hold the baby. We'll have an editorial meeting about what's going to happen in the book. Everyone will be fine when the baby cries. The head of development from Element Pictures has come to my kitchen table and had a meeting with me while I've like breastfed the baby at the table. So I'm very lucky um, to work in an industry that's very flexible. You know, if I was a nine to fiver, yeah. I wouldn't be able to have all that and do all that. Um, so, yeah, being self-employed is a lot of paperwork, but... It's great. That's my magic moment. But isn't it amazing that we're at a stage that people understand as well that your priorities and it's okay to have that be your priority to Mm -hmm. actually I'm at home. If you can come to me, that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. Just before I came in, I was on Instagram scrolling and that quote came up again. And every so often I remind myself of it, which is the be mum like you don't work, but work like you're not a mum. That seems really hard. As in we're... Our expectations that you go to work and, you you, you know, you do, you're not thinking about being a mom or you don't have to leave early or vaccinations yeah, don't yeah. happen, that you can continue to be the non-mom version of you. Yeah. Which is very hard. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's always, you're always going to be thinking about your kids in the back of your mind, I think. And then as soon as everything is going okay someone's going to get sick. And yeah. you know what happens when someone gets sick, even if it's just a cold, everyone gets sick. Yeah. And then everything is just thrown. And it's very hard to hold down a full-time job. Like when I was full-time, I hadn't been in my job very long and my husband had been in his job longer, so he was much more flexible. I couldn't, when when my kids got sick, I couldn't take a half day or go to them. And I'm very lucky that he, he works in the tech industry and they're very relaxed about it. It's like, oh, you can work from home or whatever. Yeah. And he was able to do that. Um, but it's very hard to be everything to everyone. I don't think you can. No. No, it's impossible. It is. <laughs> um, Sarah, thank you so much for coming in. 
book number three, once, twice, three times in Ashling is out now. It is. You have people surely have heard you, seen you, radio, TV at this point. We've been everywhere. I I apologise. <laughs> it's been very full on. Um, but it's been great crack as well. We've had some good times <laughs> in the past few days. And when do you think the movie's going to be out? They're talking about shooting next summer. Okay. Yeah. So the next draft of our screenplay is due at the end of October. And that one is going to be going to directors. And then once the directors are ca- attached, they're going to be talking about casting. And then, you know seems like it's going to happen for the longest time there we were like oh that's never going to happen like I've seen enough episodes of Entourage to know that (laughs) you know something gets optioned it doesn't mean it's going to get made yeah but they were like not only they're very keen basically which is great and it's brilliant you know the the third book has been so well received they're like there's just this appetite for Ashling. we have to make this film and we're like okay we have to get the screenplay right first she's a fabulous character she's she's a good girl she's been good to us yeah I really (laughs) enjoy her um Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Thank you for listening to today's episode of For All Mankind. If you've enjoyed it, please rate, review and subscribe. If you'd like to send me a message, please email forallmankind at gmail.com or find me on Instagram. And see you on the next episode of For All Mankind, the podcast.